Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Finley in the shotgun for the Bengals trying to get on the board first. Big rush. He's going to be hit. He's going to be sacked. T.J. Watt gets it back outside the 15-yard line at about the 19. Oh, Max, I tell you, that is music to my ears. Hearing the great T.J. Watt get a sack, throw somebody down, you'll love that. I mean, it's just what the Steelers need, and the fact is it's still not here. Well, the grind is on, and I know right now this is a point in time where T.J. would love to be back on board and all, all the Steelers on the defense, I, all, the, all the guys, they'd love to have them back on board. But, but you know, the fact is losing T.J., And this is kind of like, what do we know after five games? You know what I mean? Kind of like looking at stuff like that. What do we know after five games? The first point I wanted to throw out to you was losing TJ was a bigger deal than I thought. And frankly, I thought it was a big deal when he got hurt like everybody else. But it's even bigger at 08 and 1, I think is where we're at now in the uh, the TJ stats or TJ less stats of wins and losses. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it's a presence, Wolf, right? It's it's an aura. It's almost like when you have your your big brother yeah. right behind you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. When you're talking smack to somebody. Um, now, I, I know guys can go out there and, and they can do it on their own and guys are going to feel like, you know, we're good enough to do it on your own. But it's that security blanket, right? It's... It's that favorite spot in on the couch type of feel. And I think, you know, hearing that, it just it seems like it's so long ago, right? <laughs> that yeah, TJ was It does. Yeah. But 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 yeah, but I know that we're getting somewhat closer. Um closer today than it was yesterday, Wolf. Well, that's true. We're the closest <laughs> we've ever been to him coming back this year today. <laughs> yes. But yeah, exactly. But I but I think, you know, it, it's something where there's an opportunity there for guys to grow up, guys to gain valuable experience with this absence. And 
when you're talking about getting better, it's other guys have to become better. Other guys have to step up. You're not going to replace TJ's uh, production or his performances, but you get to carve out your own unique niche within it. And I think that's where you're sitting there and you're saying, okay, DeMarvin Leal, right? I mean, you have a new responsibility. And he's learning it, and he's and he's getting he's getting better at it, right? Mm-hmm. And and then of course, I I just I wonder if this week, um, because of the fact that Lario has the back, do we now move Isaiah Loudermilk into the dressing role? Well, right? that's yeah, that's uh, that's something that yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because also thinking about remember Tomlin said there may or may not be changes so it's like so it's like talking about that but it 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 is something where all your answers are within that locker room there's a reason why the 53 that the team chose are the 53 that they felt were the most capable to get the job done if they weren't confident in them they would not be on this team right and i think that's where you know when you're thinking about T.J. Watt being gone, when you're thinking about um, the impact that he has, guys have to make their own impact in their own special way. There's no doubt about it. You think about it. The Steelers have only got three sacks in the last four games. Um, this is a team that has uh, set a record, NFL record. Five times in a row they've led the NFL in sacks. I mean, they've been sack monsters. And it's not been the same without TJ, obviously. Um, but, you know, th- that's not just the only thing that you can look at, the takeaways, the timely. The thing, I, I guess, one of the things that always intrigued me about TJ was his seemingly unbelievable ability to make a big play in a big moment. You know how those guys are so rare in the NFL. Those guys that, you know, the Joe Greens that uh, go in the huddle and he tells his teammates, you know what, I'm going to take the ball away on this next play. He called his shot. I mean, you call your shot and then you produce on that shot, that's a legendary status stuff. And that's what Joe Green did way back in 72, playing the old uh, the, the Houston Oilers, right? But he did, he did that. He called the shot and he took the ball away. I remember talking with the great Andy Russell telling me, yeah, he was right in the huddle, told me about it. And to me, that's how legendary players are, are, are born, you know. And the fact is, with TJ, he's seemingly, not that he's calling shots and stuff like that, but his his capacity to be able to make a big play, and whether it's overtime, regular, uh, you know, during the, the, the regular uh, points in the game, he just seems to have that ability to find the ball or the ball finds him through great effort. And uh, that's one of the things I think – is missing right now the explosive plays defensively that TJ was capable of producing in those big, big moments. Yeah, it, it, it's it, it's knowing the situation, knowing kind of having like a sixth sense about what the team needs in this moment. You can't right? teach that, right? You can't. It, it's pure instinct, and it is just – Pure sorcery. It's it's That's Troy. What I'm calling it. <laughs> sorcery. Yeah. No, it's exactly. a samurai yeah. sixth sense. I like that better. It sounds better. It is. It is. But wizards are cool too, man. <laughs> you know. Um, that was Doctor funny. Strange. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You know. I mean, 
Yeah, li- listen, he can open portals and stuff. Uh, I feel true. like that's what TJ does at times. He's like, he just opens a portal to the backfield. And you're like, how did he get there? I, I don't know. I don't care. But he has the ball. I'm like, okay, let's just do Let's just go with it. <laughs> yeah, you might have blinked. And, yes, there might have been something against the laws of physics. I don't know. I, I have no clue. Um, but I think, you know, when you have such a indelible part of your team missing – it's very tough. And that's where the trust comes in. Because you might have been a great defense with, and then you kind of knock it down a little bit, that the best we could be is good. But the problem with when you downgrade, everybody has to elevate their game. Yep. Everybody has to rise to the occasion to be good. And we just haven't seen it. It's been staggered. It's been segmented. It's been delayed where it's one guy here, a whole assignment there, a coverage miscommunication here that that, that has literally changed the fortunes of how we viewed the team because I think when you when you look at it it's man are there just some things we just like why did you do that or man if he would have just been here things could have been different and especially on Sunday with all those chunk plays but you have to realize the best you could do right now is be a good defense because you're not that even right now no, and you so don't. You, you got to make the incremental progress. You don't have the ability to depend on certain characters for unbelievable plays. It's not like you depended on that. Uh, it's not like you, you write that into the game plan, okay? But you know that with a TJ, with a Minka, with a Cam Hayward, those things, because of the the way they those three move together with the whole defense, that it can happen in any any time. And certainly, I would think. You know, without TJ coming along, guys are, you know, as Chuck Knoll used to always say, as he would walk up to guys and say, you're going to make the big play? You know, he would point guys and just say, hey, you know, he, and he always say this, you've got to get it in your head before you can perform it on the field. you got to see yourself doing it in your mind's eye, making sure that you're paying attention to your fundamentals, your keys. And, again, it goes back to the mindset that you got to have to be able to put yourself in a position first mentally, then physically, to be able to make the big plays. And that was such a big part of Chuck's teaching method, was making sure that you were confident and that you were knowing your your assignments and that you were fundamentally sound in all of them, whether it's, it's knowing which gap you got or whether it's about the rising blow or, or whether, you know, uh, you know, whatever the fundamental technique he's talking about. It was it's such a big thing, and again, losing TJ was. I knew it was big. I, I know you knew it was big. All of Pittsburgh knew it was big, but it's even bigger than I thought because he certainly is a guy that is uh, a game changer at every opportunity, very much like Troy Polamalu. No, he 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 does have that uncanny sense um, that that Troy possessed, and he just he has a way of flipping a gear, flipping a mental state, or flipping. Some type of switch, yeah, <laughs> and it, it, it's amazing to watch. It's a, it's amazing, and you know, and I think the stat just makes it even more 
kind of legendary, right? You right. know, we're talking about what are legendaries made of, right, legends right. are made of. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the fact that we can't win a game without him in the lineup since he's been a part of this team just lets you know how special that is. Yeah. It, it's rare. Steeler fans, you're, you're spoiled about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? As we are, too. Not, <laughs> a, as we are, but – I mean, there's just not people out there doing what he's doing and at the size that he's doing it. And that is pretty special, if you ask me. And and he is he's one that he, he kind of just goes about his business, you know? Right. He's like, hey, this is me. Don't mind me. Nothing to see here. Just, just snuggling 12 miles of snow, you know? <laughs> That's all I'm doing. Don't worry about me. The road will be clear eventually. Um, but you know, for T, you know, we, we wish TJ the best and hope that he makes a speedy recovery, but for the guys who are putting their hand in the power right now, the guys who are dedicating that blood, sweat and years, you know, for you, you, you've, you've got to step up. You've got to grow up. Right. You've, you've got, you've got to do your job to the best of your ability and stay in your, in, in assignments. That that's as simple as it is. Well, I don't know if it can't get any simpler than that, right? Right. I, like it's pretty says, simple. Yeah. If it, it, it says, "Hey, I play a head up four, this play call, I slant to okay, the inside okay. and cover the B for, gap." For oh. for for the sake of journalistic integrity, explain to people what a four is, so that they know what you're talking about. Don't just four throw technique. out those things so that yeah. we because we want we want informed. Uh, uh, yeah, people we in the do. locker room we, here, we, right here. We don't want we, we don't we don't want ignorant ignorant fans. I get it. I got it. <laughs> got the assignment. There you go. All right. So when you're lined up from the center to the offensive tackle, there are number designations that are given to your alignment as an offensive line. A zero is a head up center, a head up defensive lineman over the center. A shade either way can be a one technique. There's a gap guy. Then when you get head up over the guard, you are a two technique. And the inside of them is called a one G. And then the outside half is called a three technique. So when we're talking about commonly a defensive tackle in a four, three scheme, that is where the D technique or defensive tackle lines up more often than not is a three technique. So a nose tackle lines up over the nose at the center and plays in the interior between the A's. Now we go over to the tackle. A head up is a four technique. And then the inside of him is called a four I. And then the outside of him is called a five technique. So, if you've noticed guys who are on you, over the center is a zero, over the guard is a two, and over the tackle is a four, and then the edges are odd numbers, five, three, and then, of course, the one or one G, um, depending on if you're lined up on the shoulder of the center versus center uh, shoulder of the guard. And then when you get on the tight end, guess what? It's a six technique. Yeah. So, you know, and then outside of him is just a nine. So it's a wide it's nine. A, it's a numbers, yeah, <clears throat> wide nine. Because normally, if if the guy's playing wide, 
on an open-end tackle and there is no tight end. He's outside technically where the tight end would line up. We just call that a nine technique. Widest guy. Nine nine to the sideline. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Exactly. Which Derek Burgess did that against me when he was playing with the L.A. Ra- uh, Raiders. <laughs> uh, no, sorry, not the L.A. Raiders, the Oakland Raiders. And it was it was it was tough to get to get the angles on that one. But yeah, <laughs> what was the? <laughs> no, I had so, so, like something like a you know like a hair for my mustache. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. I, I thought you were I thought you were eating pistachios or something. You know, you just... no, no, not not mid segment. It's during the breaks, Wolf. During the okay. breaks. Do you, that's when you take the pistachio break. You well, know? That's, that's, right now, I wouldn't do that to our fan base. You that's know, how the, the pros do it, right? Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, you know what? I got some more pointers here, Max. So if you want to throw yeah, the, do through the break, let's do it. And I'm going to come back because the next one up I want to hit you with and ask you about is we're basically un, un, in uncharted waters, okay, offensively with a new quarterback. What are you, your thoughts on it? Because in two decades – We've not had a new quarterback. You know what I mean? Uh, every, mm-hmm. There's been people that have been there just part-time, like Mason was when Ben's elbow went down some years ago, right? But this is this is the passing of the baton. This is the new era. So how about that? How about we talk about yeah. that next? Let's let's do it. Yes. As, as Wolf provides a bridge over troubled waters, <laughs> um, when we, we come back here. Issues, uh, yeah. We? yeah, exactly. No, no, no. But, uh, but no. We're, we're, so we're going to talk about that further here in the locker room. I, he's Craig Wolfley. I'm Max Starks. We'll be back in a moment here on ESPN Radio and SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. (laughs) Oh, did Dorothy know what she was talking about, huh? Absolutely. I got to tell you, Max, you know, first of all, I loved Wizard of Oz growing up. I, I got to believe that you did too. Now, in my day, that was really big. That was like going to the movies to watch Wizard of Oz on TV. But the one thing that used to freak me out when I was a kid was those flying monkeys. Oh, my heavens. They scared me. You know, I, I'd be like, I'd watch that and then I'd be like, oh, wow, I wonder if there's flying monkeys around. Because those monkeys were, they were a little bit crazy looking. Did you see them? All right. Have we got Max? I guess we don't have Max. I don't know. What happened to Max? <laughs> I don't know. I, okay, so we just kind of surprised him there. But, indeed, we're missing Max. And welcome to the locker room. This is Craig Wolfley, and we got Wesley Euler is our producer. And we are here getting you ready for the after the show today. We're going to have the Mike Tomlin press conference, by the way. want you to stay tuned for that because, again, Mike – and talking post-game was talking a little bit about the fact that, you know, possibly some changes might be made. I don't know. We'll see. But, all right, Max, you're there now, are you, my friend? Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Now, did you hear what I was talking about with the Wizard of Oz? 
Or the Wizard they, of Oz. Okay, here's here's the point. We came in with a clip of Dorothy telling Toto, "I guess we're not in uh, Kansas anymore." Okay, oh, which geez. this yep. is this is the truth. But before we go on to the application of what it means to football, which I've, I'm a big fan of the Wizard of Oz, Wizard of Oz and football. But when I was a kid growing up, the Wizard of Oz was just a it was a tremendous film because that was like going to the movies for the Wolfley family when we we're kids. You know, that was just watching that was just awesome, but I, I, I totally got freaked out by the flying monkeys. That's what really bothered me. Well, I mean, the flying monkeys were a bit much. Now, did you see that in black and white or Technicolor? Well, it was black and white until after the, the house crashed on the Wicked Witch of the East, you know. And okay, then there we go. Up, there and we then go. we went to Technicolor. That's right. That's yeah. right. You, you know how long it's been since I've seen that movie? See, you uh, should watch that. You would love that. That's I got to believe that and, that was and, big. And I have two girls. I have two girls too. So Right. You know, I definitely should watch it the original. I think I did watch the original one time. Oh, you got to go back and watch it again cuz yeah, you got the green witch, you know, and you got the flying monkey. The monkeys yeah. just freaked me out though. They got some makeup on them things and it always used to. I'd, I'd I'd be walking home from a buddy's house down the road, right? And the you know when yeah. how it was back in the day when the street lights come on, then it's time to go home. You know, you, you, that's oh that's absolutely. When, that, you know, that's just basic basic child law. Yeah, exactly. You know? Street lights come on, you go home. Well, sometimes I used to think the flying monkeys were going to get me after watching The Wizard of Oz. You know, I'd be leaving my buddy's house. You know, Bobby and and. And John and and you know heading to home there and I like and you get in your gourd like ooh maybe the flying monkeys are coming after me. Yeah, well, I mean, you know that, that's something that you know once again it's like the boogeyman, right? You know, I mean, <laughs> you, you have to check your closets, check under right. your bed before bedtime. You know, you know, guys, guys definitely did. You know, wanted to make sure you had a nightlight of some sort because if it was completely dark. Then you knew he was definitely coming, but no. I mean, and, and like I said, like I watched, I've watched Wicked. You know, I've gone to yeah. see the Broadway musical of Wicked. Okay, you know, Elphaba and, and and crew um, for that. So I mean, I am a fan of it, but I have not seen the original. Oh, you gotta and, go back and, to the original in, in a minute. Yeah. So I mean, I I, I do have to dial that up. Uh, the girls are on their last day of uh, fall break, so to speak, in the house. So I don't know. Maybe maybe we I can talk them out of watching dc super pets tonight we can watch wizard of oz get some get some popcorn a little double butter action you know a little extra salt on it sit down with your gals and put on the old time uh wizard of oz that's to me that's just that, that's good stuff now the application of it i know i'm confusing everybody but this is how my brain works max so bear with me all right so we're talking about a new quarterback what do we know well we know that we got kenny and kenny's era started a little bit earlier than we thought didn't it i mean this isn't just yeah. a it's not a plug and play with an injured wing on ben roethlisberger for a game or three right no this is a yeah. whole got to reinvent the wheel basically a whole new direction with the offense and it's a new era and it's got everything about it is is geared towards kenny uh but i'm wondering if the quicker insertion into the offense than what everybody thought is complicating matters and is this really the offense that Kenny is going to be able to excel at all right let's go let's do let's it. break let's it do down it. Let's man let, let, let's just let's just dive into it right I mean just as you know coach Tomlin threw him in after halftime right let's just get right into the game let, let no no training wheels um Kenny 
Kenny performed this offense at the highest level he could have on Sunday. And, yes, there were some errant passes, but he's a rookie. He's a young guy. But for the volume of passing that you had him do lets you know that he can, he, he can handle the responsibility. Right. Cause and, it, let me just say this, go ahead. just to, to hit you quickly. You don't go into a game planning to throw 50-plus times with a rookie. I mean, I, I can't believe that. Never, that, ever. No. I mean, nobody does that. But the fact is, game conditions being what they were, you had to do it. Game conditions, game outcomes, and game uh, issues Yeah, <laughs> put us in that situation. But I felt like he handled it very well. And the run game, you know, just you're, you, you know, and, and we still could establish a run early in that game. Up until halftime, the run was still an option. So we have to make that work. The run game has to work. Yep. If you want Kenny Pickett to be successful, run game must work. If you want to see if Kenny can, can throw his arm out in a game, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> you know well, what I'm you saying? Got, I mean, you had no choice, yeah. you know, this one. But. Well, but you had no choice, but what I'm saying, but I mean, there technically there was a choice. <laughs> well, yeah, there's always a choice. If a safety doesn't yeah. bite up, I mean, you know. Yeah. Anyways, we could get up. We could, we could get into a whole lot of the semantics, but <laughs> – you know, as a team, what I was speaking about as a team, right? Like everything has to go well for a rookie to excel in his rookie year. Like he's not going to be the one piece that's going to be an outlier. And just like you know, you heard uh, I don't know if you heard Deontay yesterday. He's talking about, hey, listen, we got to protect him. We got to make him right in a lot of these situations because he is a young guy. But we all have to play better. I thought that was kind of, kind of the rallying cry that he's yep. another hand in the pile. Yeah. But if you if you want him to do well, if you expect him to do well, everybody has to do well in the process to make him well. And to ease it off of him, that comes run game, that comes turning the ball over, getting it back in their hands, right? Stopping the opponents so that we have an opportunity to respond. And, or put points on the board to help the defense out so that they can be more aggressive and not be as conservative and not play on their heels. They can play on their toes. Like all of those things work in conjunction, if not directly, to affect Kenny Pickett. Absolutely. Now, let me say this, okay, because I'm just throwing some things down, trying to get wrap my brain around the whole thing. You know, I, some it, it, uh, Matt Canada has, has drawn some criticism at times, right? But there's also you got to you got to mm-hmm. give him a tip of the cap for some of the things he's he did so well. I thought the sprint outs with Kenny were terrific. I there's something about Kenny that when he moves, he just moves. I don't know. It ups his game if that could possibly be said. You know, it's kind of like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid when 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 uh, Butch Cassidy was was uh, you know showing uh, Sundance how he could shoot right. And he and, and, and he mm-hmm. missed a number of times. Then then he said, "Can I move? I'm better when I move." So he says, "Yeah, you can move." So he like runs and rolls over and shoots, and he's like shooting the eyes out of whatever he's he's shooting at, right? Kenny, when he gets on the move, just it seems very accurate, and that mobility and fluidity as he's rolling the pocket, I think it pressures the defense and makes some of those edge guys have uh, 
the conniptions, so to speak. I think it puts him in conflict. I think it puts the pressure on him. And I like the fact that you've got Matt, that Matt Canada, it goes to that and calls that, and it's something I think adds to the offense a great deal. You like the way he moves. Yeah, yeah, I like the way saying. he moves, yes. There we go. Also an outcast featuring Sleepy Brown song. Um, if you have, wait, was that, that the Madagascar yet? Penguins? You got to move it, move it. <laughs> oh, that, oh, that's that's a you got to move it, move it. No, I'm talking about. It's, I like the way you move. All right, oh, now sorry. hold on, hold on, yeah. Max. Oh, who's oh, oh. who's Big Boy and who's Andre Three Thousand in this duo? Okay, well, I am definitely. Uh, I feel like I'm more Andre Three Thousand. I feel like I'm more Andre Three Thousand. I have no idea. Who and or and or Wolf what is definitely about. Big Boy, <laughs> or or Old Boy, yeah. whatever. Old Boy, Big Boy, yeah. Young Boy, yeah, Bald Boy, oh, wait, yeah, Bald boy, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, but yeah, I'm. I, I would definitely say that. I, I, I mean, and granted, Andre Three Thousand. I, I don't know if there is a. I don't know if I could even call myself that. I don't think I have the honor. But, uh, I, I, I mean, I would be the bigger of the boys between the two of us. True. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no. I, I, you know, I feel like Wolf would, be, Wolf, would be, Wolf would be Sleepy Brown in this song. <laughs> He'd be the one singing the high notes and, and just grooving in the background. Like, I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm better off like not see seen and not heard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, spin you, I'll spin you some records during the next break, Wolf. Okay, you'll have to do that. We yeah, can do that. we'll catch him up. But uh, but I think that 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 was that was a tip of the cap. Um, I think you know for all the heat that Matt Canada is taking, you know sometimes you get into a situation where guys have to execute too. Yes, right. Guys have to show that they can do it, and the ball got to guys that needed to in critical situations. Yep. But did it come down legally, and did it? Did it happen, you know, in the right way? Did the guy execute the play? I mean, because there was a couple of them, they just it just bounced off of them. A couple of them just sailed away with the wind. Um, but when you have to throw that many times, that's what's going to happen. You know, your interceptions will happen. Incompletions right. will happen. Critical moments will be missed because <clears throat> you didn't put yourself in a position where you could run it in third and short, Right. Because you got behind the sticks in the first two downs. Right. That was one of the key critical elements that if the Steelers wanted to fight against the Buffalo Bills, got to win first and second down. And winning first and second down meant you've got to have at least four yards on those first two downs to put yourself in a position to be in third and short to where you still have the whole menu available right. to you. Right. But once you get third, medium, or longer – that's when the odds are against you. And, I mean, and Buffalo just did a good job of neutralizing first and second downs and putting us in third and not-so-manageable situations. Max, with a total of 18 possession downs, meaning third or fourth downs that they went forward on, I, I, I checked this out yesterday myself. Out of those 18, four were four yards or less. The rest of them were uh, seven of them of the seven of the remaining fourteen were double digit between ten and fifteen yards. Mm. You know, so you're yeah. talking third and ten, third and fifty. Are you kidding me? There was a third and fourteen and a third and something or other that was eleven or twelve. I can't remember. But I mean, the point is, the lack of success on first and second down is where you got to work at, and they've got to be able to do this. But again, you know, the sprint out protections I think are important. The run game has got to get unfolded 
to the point where um, it really starts to get some wins on first and second down. One of the things that I thought was important was Jalen Warren has earned the snaps that he got this last game. You think mm. about it. He actually had more snaps than, than Najee. He had 38 and Najee had 37. Now, what I'm, I'm pointing out at in, in basically what they're doing is he's Warren has carved himself out a nice little niche on third down. You know, what he does and what he's capable of doing, I think he's a three-down back, too. But the fact is, his blitz pickup and so forth, is is I, it's noticeable. And I think it, it, it gives Najee a break right now. I wasn't a big fan of, Naj, you know, saying, you know, cut split the reps up earlier. But with Najee's foot and all the other things, I'm thinking – Maybe this is one of the things that they're doing is they're letting him back off a little bit from maybe his foot is bothering him too much. And Jalen is just – he sees the moment and sees those reps and earned those opportunities. Listen, backs on backers drill, right, Wolf? Right, All the way back at training camp. We knew something was special about Jalen Warren, the way that he went in and he put his face in the fan. Oh, I remember. You were, like, all excited. Boom. Exactly. I was like, boom, that's him. Yep. That's the guy. Yep. That's like the guy. That. I call I called it the first day of pads. <laughs> yes, you did. And and he's and he's been proving himself ever since. And it, it it's it's great to watch. You would love for it to be more noticeable, meaning when you get wins, you see the highlights along with it. Mm-hmm. Because he's a guy that yes, there was a fumbling issue, you know, the first couple of games which pro- put him in the doghouse. But you know, last week, very good with ball security and very good with, like you said, situations that needed a, a boost, right? He was, he was, he was that little bit, he was that little dash of Tabasco sauce, you know, in, in, in your potato salad. You're like, ah, oh, this is just oh, potato like salad. That. It's just boring. Boom, dash of Tabasco. Woo, okay. All right, it's kicked up a notch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like the first time you have a, you have a real buffalo wing oh, versus yeah. just a chicken wing. Frank's um, hot sauce, yeah, baby. There it is. I mean, and so so when you so when you have that type of burst changing pace guy, it makes you want to work harder. And and the run game does look a little bit better when he is explosive out of the backfield. And like you said, in third downs, you know he caught, he caught some good swing passes because his nickname I always have always falling forward. Right. He's the AFF, yep. and and so that's one of the things you have you have to admire that, and that's somebody leading or providing a spark by example. He's not yelling at anybody. He's not he's not all rah 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 in people's faces. No, he's like I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna show you what I what I can add to this and doing a tremendous job at it. And so I mean that that's a kudos and that and that's that's a nice safety net to have, right? To know that. Jalen Warren is one of the guys you could depend on that if you put him in, if anything happens to Najee, that we're okay. It's not a step back. Right. Uh, when you have Jalen Warren in the game, which is which is which is a nice comfortable spot to be in. But you need to create at that dimension as far as ground game because you have to be a two dimensional offense, especially with a rookie quarterback. There's no question about it. You know, I think the emergence of Jalen Warren is is a positive. I, I see him growing more. I know that it's a very small sample size, but he's Jalen Warren's uh, outrushing on average uh, Najee from by 3.8 to 3.2, which has to do with third down play too. 
you know, and the fact that in the yeah. second half, you're talking about your defense, that defense of the Buff Bills was just playing keep it in front of you at that point in time. But his catch also is 6.6 uh, to Najee's 4.9. And again, there's differences because of the situations that they were in and so forth. But having said all that, the emergence of Jalen is a guy that has earned his reps. It's not just being reps that are given to Jalen because Najee might be suffering a little bit from the foot. Or it's not something to just say, hey, we just got to disperse these reps to somebody else. This young man, I'm impressed with him. I'm impressed with his work work ethic. I'm impressed with his effort out on the field and the results he's achieving. And I think that's a good thing for the Steelers' offense. No, I think you're absolutely right. And because if it was just, oh, we just need to fill the space, I mean, Benny right. Snell is also out there, right? He's one of our special teams guys. You would just give those reps to him, but you're right. Jalen has earned that opportunity and earned that right and earned our trust. Uh, Wolf, we do need to step aside and take a quick break. There you go. Uh, just so we have a decent segment on the other end. Well, but one of us has got to watch the clock, right? <laughs> one of us has to be a clock watcher, you know? Um, but I do encourage people, you know what today is, Wolf? What's today? Today is a day where if you are a fan looking for a podcast on SNR's lineup of things – Check out Steelers Week in Review, hosted by our very own resident ninja, Wes Euler. Uh, drops today. And then also, the godfather of Pittsburgh sports, Stan Saverin. His podcast drops today, every Tuesday and Thursday for Stan. But for Wesley, where you'll hear a review of last week's game, plus a preview of this week's games, right here on the SNR podcast lineup, either on iHeart or on the Steelers mobile app or wherever else you get podcasts. Pitch to Johnny. Who's Johnny? He's Johnny. That's what I'm talking about, but we're going to step aside and come back. You you are in the locker room with Wolf, Starks, and Wesley, uh, who's our head ninja here on SNR and ESPN Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio, presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's back and looking right. He pumps. Now he looks left. And he a dump off, and it's batted out of the air by Leal. DeMarvin Leal, the rookie out of Texas A&M, sets up a second down and 10. Well, the growth of DeMarvin Wreck-It Ralph Leal and his role uh, in, in the absence of T.J. Watt is growing. I played, what, 41%. Of the um, snaps on Sunday up and uh, up against the Buff Bills, you know I look at this kid. You know Max, one of the intriguing things in the absence of TJ has been watching the growth process of this young man. I'm not sure whether we've got re, uh, Levon Kirkland reincarnated as an outside linebacker or whether it's a combination of that. Maybe we've got a little bit of dose of Greg Lloyd with a with a nice disposition and DeMarvin or or is he you know or is he the the embodiment of the 80s 90s version of the elephant end as such as San Francisco and Green Bay used to play back in the day so it's interesting to me but this young man at least he's given the Steelers somewhat of a boost here in his time spent on, on that defensive line yeah he's made a name for himself and he's definitely earned playing time because he he's he's had those splashy type plays right now that one that we just heard billy call was um second play of the game right yes backed yes. up football for the buffalo bills 
and they're trying to get out of the shadow of their end zone, and he says, uh-uh, boom, palm swat down. <laughs> and and I think that that's something that, you know, a, a, as we start to explore this, and this is something that even when TJ's back, I wonder how much you kind of create some different situations for him to kind of be on the edge. You know, whether you run an invert, you know, where you, where you bring – TJ and Alex inside, and you line up Cam and DeMarvin outside mm-hmm. in a four-down situation. The one thing that we know, desperation breeds inspiration. Sure. It's in a moment. So right now we're a little bit in desperation, but it, it could be inspiration later on that could actually yield some positive fruit once we get our guys back. And then also getting healthy secondary guys back, I think will also help that. Right. That, you yes, know? yes, yeah. There's no doubt that, about that. That's a, that's a huge one. I mean, defensively, we're sitting here and, you know, you're counting the wounded and the injured and, and taking stock. But the good thing is DeMarvin's got a lot of opportunities because of, because of the injuries. Because if not, you wonder if he even gets that chance to shine. If all things are healthy, right. you know, you really don't see your rookie. And I think he's been acquitting himself very well when given the opportunity. Like you said, 41% of the snaps, and he's playing in some big base down stuff, and he's making things hit home, which is which is always great to see. You know, it's it's fun to see the youthfulness and vigor of a young guy like him. You know, he seems to be a, I don't know, a happy guy. You know, I, I love the fact of being around the players, and, you, you know, you can see – Guys that, you know, look, it's like I always talk about in every locker room, there's multipliers, dividers, adders, and subtractors. And he's one of those guys that's an adder. All right. He's one, he definitely is one of those guys that helps to bring energy. And I think he's been, as you said, acquitting himself very well in key situations out on the field. And, you know, he, I just look for him to continue to grow. This is interesting. This is a 305, 310 pound young man standing up playing that outside linebacker position slash defensive end position. It's um, very interesting to see how he reacts, you know, on the pass rush because he's he's got the all the uh, keynotes uh, that you'd see in a defensive lineman, guy that plays with his hand on the ground. You know, you watch how he extends in his arms and, and is able to lock out, which you see a lot of outside linebackers don't have a good lockout, uh, you know, as, as well as, say, the guys that play on the inside. But this guy here, he's very powerful, very strong. He can run. Um, it's it's just going to be interesting to see him grow into his role, whatever that role may be. No, most definitely. And, and I'm hoping that he continues to bring it on and that it will lead to – even bigger things in the future. Because I think when, when when we were looking at the draft, I think Leal, you know, was the guy that I was like, okay, well, I mean, you know, there is Jordan Davis, there is Devontae Wyatt. But DeMarvin Leal was another guy that also showed very well um, as being one of the top interior defensive linemen. And now we have him playing on the outside. Um, so now we're seeing his role flexibility and what he is capable of, and he keeps growing every single week. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, he was one of the guys I was like, okay, if this guy gets going, he's a problem for a lot of people. Just imagine when he gets back to his natural position, how much better he will be, um, you know, with, with within the defensive construct. Because I think he does some very unique things. And when healthy, I mean, I love our top 11. 
But, you know, with injuries, with the absence of T.J. Watt, with the absence of Akella Witherspoon, um, you know, Terrell Edmonds last week, Cam Sutton leaving the game earlier in the game, Larry Ogunjobi having the back. I mean, it just it makes it so tough, right? You don't have the waves. Mm-hmm. And you don't have your, your best 11 out there. You have the best available 11 out there. But, uh, but you know, young bones have young tendons, which bend <laughs> and flex a lot more than older ones, right? Yep. There's no doubt about it. And I'm not so sure that we're not finding the diamond in the rough in a unique position. You know, it kind of reminds me of – you know how Buffalo plays that nickel with basically the same crew. You know they just play whatever whatever offense they face. Basically, it's it's almost it's a very minor variation of their basic sub package. You know what I mean? Because they have flexibility with their people to be able to adjust to whatever. And I, I'm wondering, just looking at Demarvin, his athletic gifts and attributes, it's it's intriguing. I would think for Terrell Austin, it's kind of like. An interesting thing to think about what you can do with this young man, a 310-pound strong dude standing up as a, like an outside line. It's, it's intriguing. I don't know. I think, you know, as we move along, I'm very, very much uh, want to see what, what Terrell and, and the rest of the guys do, Brian Flores and, of course, Mike, uh, do with this young man because I think he's, he's looking more and more gifted than I thought when he first checked in. No, I completely agree. I think, you know, when you initially draft a guy, you're drafting him on potential and on as-seen resume. But then when you get him in camp, that's where you can really see what a guy can do. What are his limitations, right? Where do we have to kind of put the borders on? You know, he can play from here to here. And as you get through camp, as situations arose – you can see that his border increased. He wasn't just a, a defensive tackle. I mean, even though a DN in our 3-4 would be a, a head-up four technique, which we know is over the tackle, he can't just he, – he's not only playing head-up to inside from tackle to tackle, he's now on the exterior. He's broadened his border mm-hmm. on what his capabilities are, and he's proven to excel at those things as well. That's the other thing. You could put a guy out there – it's another thing to trust when a guy's out there. Right. And he, I think he's quickly developing that trust from Terrell Austin, uh, you know, from Carl Dunbar and company that he can handle more on his plate. And that's why you get instant, you know, delivery on him. Think about this. I mean, you know, we got two, two, of, our, two of our top picks in the top three rounds playing football for us right now. And Kenny Pickett now, our first-round draft pick, right. and then, of course, Marvin Leal. So, you and know, the George next Pickens. step. And, oh, that's right. George, second-rounder. So, top three. I apologize. You're right. Top three picks are, are playing. Now, let's see if we can get Calvin Austin the third back into the fold. Let's Ooh. see if he can get him up to speed, right, because last week was his first week back um, running routes, catching punts, and everything else. So, that'll be interested, you know, to see if – if he is a guy who could add into that equation, now it's like, wait a second, a lot of youthful impact, you know, happening two years in a row. Because a year ago, we had we, we had our rookies playing yep. right out the gates, you know, between Dan Moore, Najee Harris, and Pat Fryermuth. Then, of course, Isaiah Loudermilk coming in as well and contributing immediately. I think this is something where you talk about building that base and Deontay kind of touched on this in his interview yesterday. 
you know, we got a young team. Like, we haven't been through this. And as you were talking about earlier, Wolf, like, we're in uncharted waters. Imagine, I mean, would you have imagined that we would have seven to eight rookies total over the last two years being instant contributors to this team? It just it, it doesn't happen when you have a veteran team, right? You know, you get one, right. maybe two as a year progresses. But to have this many contributing this early and de- being depended upon is a, is also a very new and uncharted territory for us. And these guys are these guys are are ahead of the curve, right? They're the outliers on the bell curve, um, for a mathematical uh, comparison for the day. Because you did throw up percentages earlier, Wolf. So I today did. I figured we're doing math. Well, so that's I as close as I, I can. Also throw that <laughs> for statistic purposes. Uh, you know, they're they're outliers, and it means you've kind of hit on some guys to uh, to to give them those opportunities, and those guys actually stand out when given the opportunity. Well, I think that's a wrap for the first hour, my friend. It is. It is. I was I was going to wrap at fifty eight, and then we got on this topic <laughs> about instant contributors. And then, and then I lost as well. But, hey, we're going to step aside one more time. I just want to remind everybody, if you missed any of the show, you can go download this and, uh, and any of our other lineup in the SNR family right on the Steelers mobile app, iHeartRadio app, and also wherever else you get podcasts. When we come back, it's power hour. We're going to power through it. Hour two here on In the Locker Room with Wolf Starks and – of course, our resident ninja, Wes. I have to say that now. I feel like I have to add a little extra for him since he does Steelers Week in Review. Um, here on SNR and ESPN Radio. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R.